with you on a new exciting episode of Just Guy with the City. When I say exciting, it's the exact opposite. Today, I did nothing this week, but uh, just playing that tune, trying to get rid until we get our new theme song again. Uh, Robert Blake passed away uh, yesterday, and of course, I got the news from Liza Outlives, our friend Scott Kornstein, every time. Oh, Robert Blake died. Oh, that kid is hilarious every time, and he's been hilarious for 30 years. I'm talking about Scotty Gornstein, not Robert Blake so much. Yeah, I mean, this guy, Robert Blake, who, you know, uh, murdered his wife, kind of like O.J., uh, he didn't know he, well, I think, did he get convicted? I don't know what happened. It's a mess. But he I mean, he was in The Little Rascals, you know? I mean, he's old, but he's not that old. I think he was only 89, but he was in The Little Rascals, man. I played a clip from The Little Rascals last week with Alfalfa singing. Because I thought it sounded like me. I have never seen. <laughs> it always felt like I sound like Alfalfa. And it was so funny when uh, he would sing in the Little Rascals Alfalfa and all the girls would swoon. Oh my goodness. And God, the Little Rascals were so great. And of course, Bill Cosby ruined all that. And now we hate Bill Cosby. So there's really no way to win. And Bill Cosby's calling, oh my God, this is racist. And now he's just worse than racist. He's worse than racist. He's a rapist. Is that worse than being a racist? You're damn right it is. Because he didn't care what color you were. So he wasn't racist in the least. He was going to put something into your drink and let it happen. So, and I'll tell you, the little rascals ain't right. And that's what I say. That's all I got to say about that. Because you put, I'm telling you. End up putting the jello pudding. You know, when I was talking about that fat guy with fries last week, that was another one of my classic bits, the Bill Cosby bit. All of this stuff can't be done anymore on stage because people hate it. But boy, I will tell you, as I was trying to explain the fat guy with fries and the ladies swooning, well, they'd swoon in a different way because, like I said, just when you kill on stage like that, oh boy, that's an aphrodisiac. And that little Bill Cosby stupid bit at the end used to destroy. That's the only word I have for it. It was quite amazing, just imitating him uh, in a sexual manner, which, of course, he was a very clean comic. So the gag was, and he ate the woman's pussy. (laughs) I'm telling you, I know it sounds gross, but boy, that escalated my comedy to a new level, a level of greatness, which... uh, 
you know, uh, works for me in this very day for for several dinner invitations, although my name's somewhat tarnished. See, it all comes back around. Our last, like, three episodes all comes back around. Well, hello, everybody. Taping on Friday, I believe, March 10, coming out on, wait, that can't be right. March 14th? I, well, it has to be, because the last one was March 7th. But this is March 10th, 11th, 12th. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> coming out on March 14th. And I was like, wait, should I? I was thinking about recording yesterday. I'm like, well, that's even worse. I mean, I got nothing going on. It's not like anything was going to happen yesterday and today. But yesterday, I had no class. And I said to myself, hey, call me when you have no class. What do you say you and I have dinner tonight? We could talk about Joyce. She's my favorite writer. (sighs) Well, you're not the usual freshman, but I'm sorry I can't. The thing is, I'm sort of going with someone. Oh, where are you going? That's a good question. Actually, I'd like to join you, but I have class tonight. How about tomorrow night? I have class then, too. I'll tell you what, then. Why don't you call me sometime when you have no class? (laughs) All right. Maybe I will. And, you know, because it's... (laughs) Oh, I can listen to that song a hundred times. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That was been in my head all week. I'm assuming it's in yours, too. And I cannot say... without saying it like that i cannot help myself and that is the way spring break spring break is supposed to be uh but yes it was so i had no no class this week i'm all over the place today with comedy huh and so i had a day off i didn't have to go see uh, my mother i'll tell you oh for years i wouldn't kiss her in the mouth i wound up kissing her ass so i didn't have to go to my mother's and uh, i'm gonna go tomorrow Again, I'm going to get down the shore. My friend Victoria's making, like, she started this thing. She's like, hey, I'm going to make crepes. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love crepes. And she's like, yeah, you should come over for dinner again. And I'm like, all right, we will soon. And then she's like, so are you in for this Saturday? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. I mean, what am I doing? I'm doing nothing. It doesn't affect anything. It's just the waking up at 5 a.m. Definitely remembering that thing. I already put it on my, in my wallet. Yeah, that's the only problem is the, the earliness about it. But other than that, it's usually fun and then to get back in time, I do have to go to the office one of these Sundays because I'm going to work at home on Wednesday because I have a dentist appointment. Once again, I'll try and ask out the hygienist, but it's never going to work. That's all right. So I just had a a real genuine day off yesterday, which doesn't happen mostly because either Thursday, I either go visit my mom or have class and then Friday record the podcast and you know whatever. That's technically my day day off, my real day off, but there's like, nothing to do. I'm like, well, I'm not going to do any work. I'm not going to make myself feel guilty, which, of course, I did. I'm like, geez, I should really be doing something, some editing, some calling some people. I don't, I don't know what, but I was like, no, no, I, I deserve this. I'm working two jobs. It's all right. And technically three, if you count all this and the Comedy Cellar podcast and all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, I technically get paid for this, too, thanks to you guys. So, yeah, that's three jobs I'm working. I deserve a day off and do nothing. So, My cleaning lady came that day, which I was going to reschedule, but you know how that goes. So I'm like, no, I'll just make a plan for lunch with somebody. But who are you going to find to go out to lunch with? You know, 11, 11.30 on a weekday. I mean, I got lucky. I called my friend Alina. She couldn't make it. I called Nick. He couldn't make it. I called my friend Laura. I'm like, well, let me take a chance. I mean, I know she's working, and I know she goes back to the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and she's an attorney. But I'm like, well, she's an attorney. Maybe she can make her own hours. And she did. So she actually was able to come to the diner with me at 11.30 in the morning yesterday. I can't even believe it. And by the way, that just brings me out. I don't think I'm, 
I'm not going to put out a bonus show this week. I just I didn't do anything this week. I don't have enough photographs. You know what I did this week is just watched a whole bunch of movies because that's what I usually do this time of the year because of the Oscars. And I probably should have watched them before we did the Oscar show. So I didn't really do that much. I really came home and, and watched movies. So I didn't have a lot of photos. I mean, I got some from Friday and I got some from yesterday. But it's not good enough for a full show. So I'll wait a week. I'll have more. And then, you know, we'll have a, a bonus show. Then That's all right once in a while not to, you know, why, why do you want to put out a, a, a show that's just like, man, eh, that's all I got. I mean, I guess I could, but you, you guys don't care if it's a, a week later. You're still getting the same photos I had today. So it really doesn't matter. So I'll wait till next week. And uh, then we'll enjoy ourselves. Now, the, the, what I'm saying is that on Friday after I left you, I went out with my nephew, as I told you. I was, you know, kind of, I wasn't upset about it. I mean, I was upset because I'm like, no, I don't want to do anything. So I went out. I met him at this place called Jackson Hole. Now, let me tell you this. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. I'll probably tell you my rant, and I'll tell you why. So my nephew walks over. So he's on 37th and 7th. That's where his acting class is. This restaurant's on 35th and 3rd. So he had to walk over, but he didn't care, and he's a kid, so it takes him. It's pretty quick. And then he comes over, he goes, oh, man, I had sushi earlier. And I'm like, what do you mean you had sushi earlier? This is, it's, it's one, it's, what, what time was it? One? How could you, what? he's like, I had some breakfast sushi. I'm like, what the, and then I'm like, you know, what am I yelling at for he's 20? You know, that's what, that's what boys do, I guess. I don't, I mean, I guess athletes do it. I don't think he's an, an athlete, so I don't know what he's doing. He's certainly built like one. He looks pretty good, took new headshots. He looks good. I'll show you it next week. So we go, so this has nothing to do with him. I mean, he was fine and we had a good time. Now, these burgers are awesome. I've been going there for years. And I got my regular Baldini burger, which is like, you know, fried onions or or is it sauteed onions and mushrooms and cheese and really good. It was delicious. And he got, oh my God, he got the lobster mac and cheese and a Mexican burger. And I said, kid, if you, you know, we've been talking about diarrhea a lot lately. I mean, me and him. And I'm like, I know at 20, normally this stuff, you know, doesn't, but I'm like, come on, you've said you've had digestive problems. This ain't going to help. And now you're going to go to a class after this? Are you, have you lost your mind? But whatever he wants to do, what do I care? He's got it figured out. And I didn't care what he ordered. I said, order whatever you want. So he ordered whatever he wanted, which is fine. This has nothing to do with anything. What I'm talking about today in a restaurant is the price. Because I don't know what the fuck happened, and I'm mad at myself for not taking that bill home. Now, I double-looked at this check to see if they added a gratuity in, and I could swear, even though I didn't have my glasses, that it did not say a gratuity. Now, we had an appetizer and two burgers and no alcohol, and that bill came to $118, folks, $118. Now, that's not... Just a Jewish boy getting upset. Come on. That's you. Anyone would be like, you got to be kidding me. Wait, two hamburgers and an appetizer? 118 bucks, folks. And the, the reason why I'm telling you this is because by comparison, when I went to New Jersey with my friends Evan and Glenn two weeks ago, you might remember we went to Jose Tejos when I was a little bitch and I couldn't go to a place where there was no alcohol. We had three entrees, one appetizer, and three alcoholic beverages for $74. I know that's in Jersey, but you got to be kidding me. 
You got to be kidding me. That's a humongous difference. That was a lunch bill, $118. I, I have looked this up online again and again and looked at the menu. And, okay, let's just say that the burgers and the lobster mac and cheese, I guess they're all $25. I guess at 75 So then what, what was added? What are they charging... $10 a lemonade? I mean, he had a lemonade. I had an iced tea. Holy shit. That's too much. I did not expect. I mean, I know things are pricey here, and we've spoken about it before, but that's ridiculous, right? And that's lunch. That That's just so unacceptable. It's really, really annoying, and you can see why that would get on anybody's nerves, not just me who's, you know, always complaining. And you know I don't – I really don't – I don't mind – well, I do mind spending the money. You know, I'm not cheap, but you got to call call it out, right? Because that's that's just insane. And my sister was furious at me, and I'm like, "What are you, what are you mad at me for?" I was taking out your nephew. I said, "Order whatever you want." He goes, "He he should know better than to order." I'm like, "No, no, he shouldn't." And don't don't tell him that. He should. Be, I mean, what what did he order? He ordered a burger. That was that's what's on the menu. He shouldn't have gotten the lobster mac and cheese. I'm like, "No, he should. He should have. It was a." No, please don't, don't, he should be able to have whatever he wants. That's never going to bother me spending money on my nieces and nephews. I told you that already. So that's not, that's not the issue here. The issue is how this place has the nerve to charge $118 for two burgers and an appetizer. Yes, it had lobster in it. So let's just assume that's 25 bucks still. Oh my goodness. So I left there. Not pissed, but just like, you know, the whole time thinking, I'm like, I'm walking home and like aimlessly, and I'm like, what, 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 what is, wait, what? What just happened? I'm like, wait, what's bothering me today? And it, it kept going back to that bill. <laughs> I mean, that's what was bothering me. And it like didn't really technically bother me. It just bothered me for, you know, you get it. You get it, please. So I'm walking up. And I realize I'm by that Dwayne Reed where my friend Teethy works. And I'm like, well, you know what? It's it's Friday. I know she works here. I'll stop in. And she was there. And I saw her, yeah, my, you know, my 19-year-old friend Teethy. <laughs> it was really funny. I saw her and she she looked good. I walked her to the uh, uh, the train because uh, she's like, oh, I already made plans tonight. I'm like, oh, that's okay. I, I don't want to do anything. Um, yeah, I guess it must have been 4 o'clock by then because she got off work. So I guess it was later. Jesus Christ. Again, it's still a lunch. That was fun because I had nothing but time, which was great. It was good to see her. And then the weird part is I went into a Dwayne Reed yesterday to get some Listerine. I had to press that stupid button, which I took a picture of, by the way. I know I'm not doing the bonus show this week, but I took a picture of the, the fucking button. I had to put the button to get service to get Listerine, you know? And this girl came, and I'm like, oh, my God, you look just like my friend Teethy. She had the same color. It was that red hair and those eyes, like special, like, shading that they, I guess the kids are using. And I'm like, do you know Teethy? You look just like her. <laughs> She's like, no, I don't know her. Uh, wow, it was just, it was really funny. I'm, I'm like, it, it was a worse version of Teethy, but it was just kind of funny. But, oh, my God, the embarrassment of, uh, please, somebody needs to go to the dental department now. I mean, that's not as bad as some of the other departments, of course. Somebody needs to go to the anal cream department. There's a customer waiting. And you're just sitting there like an idiot. I did it the other day at the Dwayne Reed just before work. What did I get? Q-tips? No. Oh, dishwashing liquid. I had to sit there and wait 
for them to give me a small bottle of palm olive dishwashing liquid, which was locked up. This city really is beginning to suck. Between the price of a restaurant and having to wait for an employee to come pick up the Listerine. I mean, you got to be kidding me. So I go to the cash register and I bought the I bought the the spray Listerine and a bottle of old-fashioned Listerine. And they're like, do you want a bag? And I'm like, no. I want everybody to see that I have excellent hygiene when I walk out. So that got pretty big laughs. Oh, my God. Waiting for somebody to come. This is why I usually shop in Jersey, but I'm not going to buy Listerine in New Jersey because it's too heavy to carry in my bag. So I had to get it there, and you just have to sit there and wait for somebody to help you to pick up Listerine. Can you believe that? Oh, my God. It really makes me upset. And that's why they had to check Teethy's bag before she left in case she stole something. They're so panicked. But I guess it's happening. I mean, she told me everybody steals it. The cops are in her store every day. For some reason on that block, everybody comes in and steals stuff from Dwayne Reed. Not anymore. They got it all locked up. I got home, and I tell you, I couldn't wait to watch. For some reason, I just wanted to watch Puss in Boots. I was excited. First of all, it's nominated for Best Picture of the Year animated feature, right? And I just like and I like Antonio Banderas, and I like the character of Puss in Boots from the Shrek movies. I'm like, well, this will be fun. I've already seen some of the other nonsense, so I'll watch that. It's not very good. Again, nominated for Best Picture or Best Animated, I mean, it's okay. It wasn't that great. I was a little bored. It's actually Selma Hayek was the worst one in it, and I usually love her, but her voice is in it, and um, it did not work. So it's it's not it's not good, and it's not sitting well with me. I also taped, I guess during the week, Lolita, Lolita from 1962 with James Mason. Just been taping movies lately. It was on Turner Classic Movies. So I said to myself, why don't I watch the original Lolita since I've seen the remake with. Jeremy Irons and Dominic Swain. Let's see what the Stanley Kubrick version has to deliver. And Shelley Winters. And I watched that, and I watched it in pieces. And I'm like, wait, I mean, this girl is so beautiful, this Sue Lyon. I just, so I was looking her up, of course. I'm like, what happened to her? And she just died a couple years ago, really, like 72, 74. And obviously, I think she worked one other time and not again. And and when you see, if you ever see the remake with Jeremy Irons, it's it's very sexual, like, you know, they make out and they have sex and they don't show the sex, but you know what I'm saying? They show all that stuff. In the Stanley Kubrick version, they show nothing. It's all implied. I don't even think they kiss. So it's all implied, which uh, I guess they wanted it the opposite way. I don't know why, but I wanted to see it and I was always curious about it. Lolita. Um, and of course, he plays a college professor. So then I thought, what is going on here? So... Oh boy, is that Shelly Winters annoying? She was so annoying, and I'm like, wait, I gotta, rem- I gotta keep remembering she's an actress. And then I was reading up on the on the on the movie and the making of the movie, and and like you know where Stanley Kubrick, because this is a normal movie, this isn't a Stanley Kubrick film, you know that we know him for, 2001, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket. You know what I'm saying? This is just a regular movie that could have been made by anybody. So I was. I was looking up like, wait, what's the first movie where he kind of became Stanley Kubrick, where things were different and made his own, oh, this is a Kubrick film for sure, Eyes Wide Shut, you know, that kind of stuff. 
So I was looking it up because this was what this was made in '62, and then I think he did Doctor Strange Love, which I've never seen and never have. Just couldn't care less. And Peter Sellers is in this Lolita too, and he plays three different characters. I mean, I love doing that kind of shit. But you know, it's a it, it's half of a comedy too, which is really interesting. Oh, so Shelley Winters was really annoying, but I'm like, oh, it's an actor job. But then you read about it, and it said that Stanley Kubrick hated Shelley Winters. And he was annoyed by her. So maybe she wasn't acting. I don't know. Maybe she is that annoying. But that's what the way the character's supposed to be. So it's very confusing. But he hated her. But he also hated Shelley Duvall, who's also annoying as an actress. Um, and I don't know whether she's like that in real life. So as you know, because one of my favorite documentaries of all time is the one Stanley Kubrick's daughter made about The Shining, just to make Shelley Duvall look ridiculous. And if you ever see it, I think it's about 20 minutes long. It is hilarious. And you know who's in that one? James Mason as well. I've spoken about it on this podcast before. He comes in and he says, and you, of course, my dear, know Jack Nicholson. What a pleasure it is. Are you having a good time making a movie with Dr. Kubrick? What a pleasant surprise. I know when I did Lolita, I decided the character I'd be playing would be kind of reminiscent of... Is something from the future. I don't know what I'm saying now. I'm just enjoying doing my James Mason imitation. Again, one of the imitations that really made my bones... No, I'm kidding. That's before my time. In fact, I believe I usually play a scene from Broadway Danny Rose, where they're saying... And they're having that thing, because that's where I always get, are you sitting down? Have you had enough to eat? That's from Broadway Danny Rose, where I play that opening scene. And he goes, well, I know when I do my James Mason. There's a bunch of comics sitting around, and this guy's talking about doing his James Mason imitation. Oh, I do love doing that invitation, especially from the verdict. And, of course, the kind of law that you'd like to practice requires money. Well, I kept a copy. What would what, what, what require you to keep a copy? Afraid somebody's going to steal your ideas and sell them to Hollywood, huh? Perhaps. Would you like me to read you some poetry? Sure, why not? This is my favorite part. It was the divine Edgar. Who's the divine Edgar? Edgar who? Edgar Allan Poe, of course. Mm. It was night in the lonesome October of my most immemorial year. Notice how he emphasizes this word. It was hard by the dim lake of Elba in the misty mid-region of Weir. You see, he takes a word like dim in one line and twists it, you see, and mm. comes back as mid-region of Weir. Mid-region, and twist it to dim. That's pretty good. Pretty clever. Thus I pacified Psyche and kissed her and conquered her scruples and gloom, and we passed to the end of the vista, but were stopped by the door of a tomb. And I said, what is written, sweet sister? She replied, ula loom, ula loom. Well, I think it's a little corny, to tell you the truth. Oh? What do you object to? Well, the Vista system, that's like Lolita Sweeter. Mm, that's very true. That's a very acute observation. If you were in my class, I would give you an A+. Plus. Oh. Low. So I've been going around the house all week just doing James Mason to myself. Low, are you here? Low, I thought we'd go out for dinner this evening, perhaps to a movie. Uh, it's a really, James Mason's so good in it because you don't ever, like, I'm thinking of James Mason North by Northwest, right? First, you play the role of the Madison Avenue businessman that's been accused of a crime he knows he didn't commit. Then you play the role of the peevish lover who's been scorned by jealousy. 
The only role you'll like is when I play dead. Your very next role, and I assure you, it'll be most convincing. Now, you're usually thinking about a very put together, all this thing. So in this movie, he unravels, which is really good. I've never seen A Star is Born. I'd be curious to see that. But this one, you know, he unravels and gets so obsessed by this, as they call her in the movie, a nymphette. But she certainly is pretty. So I was looking up like, well, whatever happened? How come we don't know about her? But those kind of roles, sometimes that's why I always think about Vivian Lee. And um, and why not talk about movies this week, right? Since the Oscars are, uh, after it comes out, they'll, we'll have new Oscar winners after this podcast comes out. But then there's something like Vivian Lee, right? I mean, all, all this happened before I was born that she was around. And she gets this, you know, part in Gone with the Wind that every actress in Hollywood, every actress in Hollywood wanted to have. And this woman gets this part and she's great and I, believe she wins best actress and then i never heard of her again did you i don't where was she i don't know but she was in stuff and then i think she won again in the 50s like 20 years later or or 15 years later for i I think she won for streetcar streetcar named desire i I think so so she was she, she somehow was around i guess but sometimes when you have like a part like that and especially you know, a part where you're playing I, apparently a 13-year-old. I mean, she certainly looked much older than that. I guess it's a strange way. Now, you know, I think about Dominic Swain, who I always liked because she was in this Lolita, and then I saw her in a couple of other movies. Where's she? I don't know. It's like, right, I think she she got into drugs in a bad way. I mean, you, you've never heard of her. You know what she was in? She was in uh, Face Off with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, all from this Lolita HBO project they did. I think who was the I think the guy who remade it was uh, Lion uh, Adrian Lyon. I think I think it was him, the guy that did Fatal Attraction. I believe I have that right. I could be wrong. So it's it's out there, man. Yeah, I always wonder what happens to these some of these girls. They're in these you know unbelievable legendary movies and then they just disappear. Men too, I suppose. I mean, everybody always tries to look up whatever happened to that guy who's in Sixteen Candles. Jake? Jake? Jake's my boy! Oh. Jake Ryan. You like Jake? Jake's my boy! I just talked to Jake in the gym. He asked me about you. Did not. He did too. He did. He asked me what you were like. Oh my... And he just got out of the business. It happens. You're in a classic, classic movie, a classic comedy, a, a legendary 80s film. You start off John Hughes's career, and then you just, and good-looking kid. Um, hello, sir. I was talking to my friend Laura yesterday about, she's like, you know, you should talk about this in your act. And I was just talking about how, you know, because she's trying to find a man. And I look at all these girls I know, and they're trying to find guys. And, and it's so difficult. And you read it in the paper all the time. It's just difficult. I told you on the Tuesday show, the people in Buffalo, the women in Buffalo have had it. Men suck. They're all awful. And now it's worse because they can't, they're not even men. Because if you were a real man, around when I grew up, if you wanted to call a girl, you had to go through a papa. See, a lot of people don't know. You got to go through a papa. But you, you, I'm doing coming to America. But you had to, you had to call the house, the family house phone and say, uh, hello, sir. Um, uh, may I, I was looking for Samantha, and may I converse with her if she is there? That's right out of 16 Candles. I mean, that is what a, a boy, a man, had to do to ask a girl out. 
Hello, sir. Um, Are you the little bugger that's been calling up here all night and then hanging up? Would it be possible for you to tell me if there is a Samantha Baker there? And if so, sir, may I converse with her briefly? Yes, it is. And no, you may not. You had to possibly, if she answered the phone, whew. But that was rare. The father always seemed to know when a boy was calling and he answered the phone. I'm like, well, who should I say is calling? Um, hello, sir. My name is, I mean, it's, that's why that John Hughes movie is so amazing. Because they, they, they don't even have movies depicting that anymore. And of course, now you don't need to do that. A guy can just text somebody or DM and just say, sup. And that's it. You don't gotta. You don't gotta. You don't gotta think about this and, and put yourself out there and, and think of something important to say or something. Oh man, it's too easy. Especially with all the dating apps, nobody cares anymore. the The art of seduction is just lost, and I think the women are feeling it. And although those days sucked. And I couldn't be happier that I could text somebody and say, what do you, you know, sup? I can do it too, even being older. And and ask somebody out that way, it's so much easier. But oh my God, maybe there's something to it where a man had to be a man. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And you had to take a chance and put yourself out there and make that call. There was no texting, there was no email, there was no faxing. You had to make that call, and you had to go through the parents. You got to go through a papa. See, that's what, lot of, that's what nice girls are, the clean girls. You got to go through the papa. A lot of people don't know that. You got to go through a papa. See, that's a big misconception. People don't know that about American women. Ain't got nothing to do with your hair or your pocket. You get in good with American woman's father, you in good with her. Ain't that right? He ain't lying. That's right. You get in good with the father, you home free. Mm-hmm, home free. Like a bird. That's right, I had to come into America. That's when you go to the church, meet a nice girl. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, so I was talking, and she was just like, oh, my God, that's so right. I see, <laughs> I feel like I'm in Tootsie. I'm mentioning all these things today. I'm like, when he's just like, I should do a one-man show. About, I have a lot to say to women. You have nothing to say to women, Michael. No, I, I think I do. You know, women always ask me advice. I mean, I get calls from girls all the time asking, Rachel has been calling me for years. Everybody I know, Sarah, everybody would call me for advice because I am a guy. You know, once in a while, I am an actual man who can tell you, uh, here's exactly what's happening to you right now because I've done this before. I'm very good at giving advice to women because I've seen it happen. If he's saying this, it means this. So I do have a lot to say to women. <laughs> and I should have my one-man show should be talking directly to women. <laughs> And don't tell me that wouldn't be hilarious. Dave Juskow speaks to women. Oh, my God. How am I not doing that immediately? Should I just do another podcast where Dave Juskow speaks to women? I mean, oh, my. And then you would think, well, how, do, how come uh, if you're so smart, how come you don't have a girlfriend? Conscious choice, dude. Conscious choice. <laughs> Again, right out of say anything. It's movie night here at Juskow in the city. All movies. All the time, that's what we're doing. Let's see. So here's the other ones I saw this week. I saw Interstellar because Teethy told me that was her favorite movie when we first went out when I was first teaching my class. And then since I'm doing, and I think I told you this last week, I know I ended and I'm not sure, and I told you on the Tuesday show, my next course is on time travel. 
and time travel movies, Back to the Future, stuff like that. So I was watching this movie, Interstellar, because she told me it was her favorite movie. I did not love it because I don't care for Matthew McConaughey. I can't understand a word that guy's saying, although I do like Jessica Chastain. And ironically, Jessica Chastain just opened in a doll's house on Broadway and Larry Moss went last night and said it was so stupid. And the review in the paper today is entitled by our friend Johnny Olewski, who's Olazinski, whose birthday it was the other day, and I sent him a, a, a note. I'm like, I'm still loving your reviews. He says, Valley of the Dolls. And let me tell you what they do in this legendary Ibsen, a dollhouse remake. So they, so here's the problem. Again, let's talk about money, shall we? This is a stripped down production of a doll's house with legendary, uh, I think she won an Oscar, Jessica Chastain. I don't know if she won for the Eyes of Tammy Faye or whatever, but she's been nominated and she might've won. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. She's still a movie star. And apparently when the audience comes in, she is just sitting on stage by herself in a chair for the for 20 minutes. She's just sitting there. And everybody's taking pictures of her while she's there. She's just sitting there. And then the show goes. And it's all just dreary clothing and no sets. And she sits in this chair for two hours. Even with her big monologue, she never gets up off that chair. The big, classic, legendary ending monologue. And it is supposed to be awful. Larry Moss says so. The reviewer says so. And here's the worst part. The price of the ticket is $250. That is $250 to watch this actress who is not Meryl Streep, who is not Kate Blanchett, sit in a chair and do the lines from this play. $250, no sets. You know, sometimes when you pay $250 for a, ticket to Broadway, you say to yourself, you know, especially if you see the Phantom of the Opera or something like that, Spider-Man, you're like, well, I get, I get it. Look at this lavish production. Look at this, the sets and everything and all this, the music, the band. Here, there's nothing. And they still have the audacity to charge $250 a ticket. Fuck you. I hope that closes tomorrow. Does anybody really, if, if Jessica Chastain wasn't in it, I mean, if she takes a break, like Leah Michelle, who's going to that play for 250 bucks? See so a stripped down version. If they have sets, if they got stuff and people are moving around, you, you can make a case for it. But this, that's just unfair. It's rude. And you got a crazy director. I mean, just who's like, now let's do a stripped down production of a dull house. I mean, you can just picture this crazy nutcase and Jessica Chastain's already said, okay. And she's like, uh, are you sure this is what you want to do? Oh, can you imagine sitting in that chair, just sitting there with a stone face while people are coming in, just taking photos of you? She should win an Oscar for that. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine being a person who's got to do that? That is, that's got to suck. Oh my I feel bad for her, but um, not that bad. Anyway, she's really good in Interstellar. I had no idea she was in it. And that movie's okay. It's okay. I'm still thinking about it, but I didn't love it. I didn't love it. But I do like it, and I keep thinking about the ending, and I do like that. Maybe I could take another look at it, but eh, whatever, right? And then on Tuesday, I saw the movie To Leslie. I don't know why I chose to watch it. I think Val at the Comedy Cellar said that the girl, what is her name, Andrea Riceborough, was so amazing in it, and Mark Maron was in it, uh, and Howard's been talking about it because he knows the director, and I said, well, let me take a look, and it was pretty good. 
It was good. The performance was excellent. It is not up to Kate Blanchett's performance. Absolutely not. Just a drunken, you know, anybody could play this role. Any actress can play this. Or any actress has been born to play this. I mean, they'd love to play this role. So it's not that big a deal. You know what I'm saying? It's not like Kate Blanchett's, which is, you know, really something. You got to be a seasoned actress. This, you could really just take a couple of classes and you're okay. I mean, it's not that it wasn't bad. I'm, I'm dumbing it down. But anyway, the, the movie's pretty good. Um, who else? Uh, Steven Root's in it. And uh, the woman, everybody likes, uh, Allison Janney. So it's a pretty good movie. It's, it's an okay movie. I, I wasn't bored by it at all. And I did enjoy it. So that was pretty good. And I could see why that would be nominated. And I enjoy that there. that is an Oscar-nominated movie. And I bring this up because then yesterday when I got home, I'm like, all right, let me watch this stupid Banshees of Innishin, whatever the hell that stupid movie is called. Let me check this out. Everybody's been talking about it. I mean, the guy hosted Saturday Night Live. I'm sitting there. Everybody's like, oh, it's nominated for everything. Music, score, all this crap. Oh, my God, is this a piece of shit? What is the matter with people, let alone all these Irish people, the quiet girl, same thing. What the fuck is the matter with you Irish people, let alone how pissed am I? Your stupid parade's coming up that Friday. It's going to ruin my whole day. I can't get out of the city. Thank you. But seriously, your movies stink. I don't know what the fuck. And so, let's, I'm looking at it a different way, okay? The movie, it's okay. It's quirky. It's a dark comedy. I get it. And it's not a horrible movie in the sense of movie making. I could see watching this movie, you know, in March of last year uh, and just being like, oh, that was okay. I'm looking at it. I'm like, wait a minute. This is nominated with all these other, you know, with Tar. With Tar? I'm telling you, you wait to see this Tar. I mean, that makes sense, including um, the two Leslie. These are all make sense. This, what? They got nothing else? This movie is nominated for everything? This could win Best Picture of the Year? Are you fucking kidding me? And I don't care that it's a small movie. That doesn't matter. A small cast, beautifully shot. That's all wonderful. It's just, it is not best picture worthy. It could be best screenplay worthy, but all these nominations, what do you got, like 14 nominations? Are you fucking kidding me? I can even see the acting, but it is not a best picture nominee. That's why I was saying about The Quiet Girl, not a best picture. Puss in Boots, not a best picture. That's all they got. We've, we've run out of stuff to nominate. That is the issue I'm talking about. So this movie sucks, and everybody was telling me, oh, it's great, it's great. My friend Vincent, you know, I'm talking to him last night, and oh, my God, this guy, this fucking guy, yesterday he tells me, because I'm talking about the, the new course, and I'm talking about the movie Somewhere in Time, and he goes, well, you know, Christopher Reeve used to come into Caliban. I'm like, all right, that's it, that's it. S shut, stop it. St call the doctor. That's you. Now you're, because you know how much I worship Christopher Reeve. I had no idea he was coming to Caliban. This is in the 80s. So he was already Superman. Well, well, really, Lois, supposing that man has shot you. Is it worth risking your life over $10, two credit cards, a hairbrush, and a lipstick? How did you know that? Know what? You just described the exact contents of my purse. Hmm. Um... Wild guess. Uh, taxi! 
And he goes, well, we went to see this play together. And I'm like, you, you and Superman went to go see a play together. Yeah, he, we liked each other. So we used to hang out. I'm like, now I'm being the students in my class. How do you know Paul Rudd? It doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> I am the, the Vincent of the 21st century, but still, God damn, they went to go see. I mean, I mean, Christopher, well, those are two gorgeous men uh, being together. But no, Christopher Reeve. Oh, my God, he was the best. But we all agreed he was a horrible actor, but the sweetest of people. Because Christopher Reeve was a horrible actor. And I couldn't care less. And that's what I'm trying to tell you is, like, he's Superman. So whatever he does after that, and he was the greatest Superman there will ever be. Because this Clark Kent alone, I've told you, should have been nominated. He's brilliant. But he's an awful actor in every other format. But I couldn't have cared less. I love seeing this guy in a movie because there's something about him. And sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes you don't have to be a great actor to just people just like they like it and they like to watch your work and they like to watch you. I mean, listen, how many movies or TV shows do I watch with horrible acting by women? And I'm only watching because they're so pretty that I, I, I'm just like, well, I'll just keep tuning in because uh, what am I going to do? She's really hot. And uh, sometimes you do that for boys, too. Not that they're, well, I mean, listen, he was really good looking, but there's just something about him, and he was Superman. And uh, like same with Daniel Craig, who is a good actor. But, I mean, any of the people that played James Bond, I would have anything Sean Connery was in, Roger Moore wasn't really in that much stuff after Bond. Anything Sean Connery, Timothy Dalton, uh, Pierce Bronson, they're Bond. And I'm a I'm Bond guy. So anything they do after is just the greatest thing in the whole world for me because they're my heroes. And and Pierce Bronson as Bond was awful, but it doesn't matter. He's fucking Bond, man. It's cool. So I'm always all in when they do other stuff. I was in for Christopher Reeve. I can't believe Vincent used to hang out with him. Yeah, he used to come to Calvin all the time. So, you know, Robert Blake used to come. No, no, that's not true. This Banshees of Innocence, it really stinks. You know, definitely pressing the button. How much longer? What's gonna? What's happening? What is the point of this movie? Why is this movie made? What is the point? That's all I'm ever trying to find out. And like I said, if it was just a regular film and they gave it an original screenplay nod, I'm like, ah, there you go. But Best Picture, I mean, that's up there with Top Gun. I haven't even seen Top Gun, but at least Top Gun makes sense. You know, they put a lot of time and effort into it. It's like this. And I'm not saying they all have to be like Top Gun. Or everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once, which I, I don't even know what's up with that one. But I'm saying like a tar. May, I know I keep talking about it. You, you need to see it. But, you know, that screams of a best picture movie. And this Banshees of Inish, I know it's not going to win. But, again, they've run out of stuff. So another thing I was looking for because I wanted to. I just had time. And I'm like, let me get through all this stuff. So I. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed it. History of the World, part two. You're on. Good evening, ladies and emperors. I just got back from Venice, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> Let me tell you about Venice. Venice is a very old city, very old, very wonderful city, ancient city. You can learn a lot in Venice. You want to know how to make a Venetian blind? Like this? Oh, fuck! 
Have you all heard about this new sect, the Christians? They are a laugh riot. First of all, they are so poor. How poor are they? Thank you. They are so poor that they have only one God. (laughs) (laughs) We Romans are rich. We got a lot of gods. We got a God for everything. The only thing we don't have a God for is premature ejaculation. But I hear that that's coming quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Mel Brooks. And in this hands on Hulu, it is uh, Wanda Sykes, uh, Ian, what's his name, Baron Holtz, and somebody else. Not Nick Kroll. Is it Nick Kroll? Maybe. I don't know. These three people took over with Mel Brooks' permission, History of the World Part 2. We played the Part 2 on the podcast multiple times after History of the World Part 1, the Jews in space, the Viking funeral, all that kind of stuff. This um, television show in whatever parts it is, six parts, is unwatchable unwatchable i had to turn it off and i really wanted to give it a chance i was excited for it i'm not even jealous i mean i think sarah's in it and all these people are in it it wasn't jealousy i just was there for mel brooks and the fact that somebody picked this up and they're doing it and it is just unwatchable i dare you to watch it and tell me otherwise i dare somebody to be like well i don't know i thought it was kind of funny when they i'm like no no there's something so unfunny about it so horribly forced i mean i i i I watched 15 minutes and i was just out i love that mel brooks opens it and he says all this and he narrates it but it was not working and i i I don't know where it went wrong maybe i'll try another episode but it was so unbearable i had to stop and i was really looking forward to it too and i think the three people that were in charge of it are usually pretty good but this TV show stinks. And again, I would give anything for your opinion. Prove me wrong. Tell me why I'm mistaken here. I got no problems with that. Let's have a class. Let's have a discussion. That's what I like. You tell me what you think. I'll tell you what I think. And maybe you can turn me around and I'll sit there and watch it again and give it another chance because you've told me something that I hadn't thought of yet. knows yes it happened i got smacked like a year ago fucking last week i've got smacked at the fucking oscars by this motherfucker and people like did it hurt it still hurts i got summertime ringing in my ear fucking drums please and people are, well you guys are fighting all the time we're not fighting first of all I know you can't tell on camera. Will Smith is significantly bigger than me. We are not the same size, okay? We are not. It's got this guy, Will Smith does movies with his shirt off. You've never seen me do a movie with my shirt off. If I'm in a movie getting open heart surgery, I got on a sweater. Will Smith and his wife was fucking her son's friend, okay? Now, I normally would not talk about this shit. But for some reason, these niggas put that shit on the internet. I have no idea why two talented people would do something that fucking low down. What the fuck? It, we all been cheated on. Everybody in here been cheated on. 
none of us have ever been interviewed by the person that cheated on us on television. So also Saturday night, I watched the Chris Rock special. And I was very excited about that, as you know, because I love the fact that he waited a year to do it properly to address the horrible person that Will Smith is situation. And I got to tell you, uh, I was very excited. I was going to watch it live on Netflix, and I did. But I don't know whether it's just me. I, I think Angela or, or Anonymous told me that. No, Angela, I think, told me on the Tuesday show that she had problems streaming it, too. The streaming is an issue. Live streaming is not cable. I had a lot of problems. It kept pausing. It kept stopping. And this is what happens on Thursday Night Football. I think I have very good Wi-Fi. I mean, you see, I do the Tuesday show from my house. Never had an issue. So why I'm having trouble streaming all these things, I don't know. I mean, yes, do I have an old TV? I guess that wasn't technically made for streaming. I guess it's not that old. It's not like a tube TV. It's a flat screen, but it's the only thing I can think of. I mean, otherwise, I have very good Wi-Fi and good cable, and I, I, I don't. It was just hard to watch because the it kept stopping on a punchline. But besides that, all being said, I was texting with. Russ Maneev at the time, he's like, are you liking this? And I'm like, I don't love it. I don't love it. And I'm not thrilled. It's making, you know, maybe I laughed out loud about three times. But I didn't love it. And I was just really waiting and I'm waiting. And I guess I was like, oh, I guess he's waiting to the end. Then I got nervous he wasn't going to do it. But then, yeah, I, and I wanted more and I wanted more bashing. But I guess he did it the classy way, which, you know, hopefully just makes Will Smith look foolish and his whole fucking family. Yeah, that's right. From Godfather 2 and you and your whole Jada and your whole fucking family. You are the worst people. So I really wanted him to really lash out, but that's not the kind of person he is. And so it was just okay. And of course, as uh, as you may or may not know, you know, he fucked up one of the jokes. He fucked up one of the punchlines and he said, oh, shit, I fucked it up, uh, which was kind of bad because he fucked it up towards the end and then he did a mic drop. I mean, the guy did a mic drop, but he had just fucked up the joke, so the mic drop wasn't as effective as if he didn't. However, I have heard that if you watch the Netflix special now, like if you went home and watched it today, they cut it out. They cut out the fuck up. So, interesting. I mean, that's what made it kind of great that it was live. You take that risk, they cut it out. So then maybe the mic drop is a little bit more effective. It's hard to do a mic drop when you've just said you fucked up the joke that you've been wait we've been waiting to hear for 55 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So the mic drop wasn't very effective. I'm just glad he addressed it and I like that it was a week before the Oscars and I've heard they're going to mention it at the Oscars. I I, I don't know how that's going to be. I just hope that they say we hate Will Smith and he's never welcome back here, but of course they're not going to do that. And that's why you got to hate the Oscars, and they're just not like it. They used to be. Jimmy Kimmel's a horrible host, and I just, I don't know. I just wish they'd make it two hours and just show the, the awards we want to see and then so we can all go home. The four-hour show, it's worse than a football game. I mean, it's and remember, there's no excitement unless somebody punches somebody on stage. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel's been kind of lucky. He's been fortunate. He's been there three times. First time Faye Dunaway announced the wrong Oscar, and then then, then he had the, the Will Smith thing. So, I don't know. You know, then maybe people will be tuning in. It's like It seems like uh, ABC hasn't planned at this point. We got to have something that people talk about. 
Because you're probably going to watch this here just be like, well, let's see if anybody else gets slapped. I'm really hungry. Yeah, me too. You got to get something. I don't want to go to that meeting on an empty stomach, you know. Let's get some Chinese. You want to order? All right, but then we got to get some work done. Let me just call Kramer, see if he wants anything. Hey, uh, we're ordering uh, Chinese food. If you want anything, let me know what it is and uh, I'll order it for you. I'm in. All right, go for it. What do you want? Uh, well, I don't care, whatever. All right, well, I'll tell you what, why don't we get a couple of dishes and we'll just share them. All right, okay. well, what, what, what are you getting? I think I'm gonna get a chow fun. Uh, what's a chow fun? It's, uh, it's a broad noodle. What do you mean a broad noodle? It's a big flat noodle. Well, I don't want a big flat noodle. <laughs> Well, what kind of noodle do you want? Who says I want a noodle? All right, look, I'm getting the chow fun. You don't have to have any. I don't get the pea pods, and you can't have any of my pea pods. Fine. We get extra MSG. So I, I just uh, just a couple things. So I don't know if you heard about those four people that were kidnapped in Mexico by the cartel. Well, it was funny. Today, apparently, the cartel put out a note like on the on the on a car saying, "Hey, we had nothing to do with that. That was a couple of douchebags that um we that so they turned over the people that did it. Like, no, you guys got to give yourselves in. You fucked up. They're like they lost their temper. We're not like that. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Uh, it, it reminds for some reason it reminds me of there's probably multiple things that reminds me of, but for some reason it reminds me of the first Twilight, the the the, the vampire movie, you know." where they have these three outlaws that are, you know, killing people in Forks. I watch it all the time. Forks, Washington, near Seattle. And one of the guys gets out of hand, and the other guy comes. He goes, hey, this isn't, you know, I just wanted to warn you. This guy's crazy. I'm letting you know what he does, and we have nothing to do with it, so don't bother me. And his girlfriend's just as bad, so just I'm just letting you know. And, like, when you when you tell on your own people, because, like, oh, we had nothing to do about it. I mean, you got to love that the cartel's like, no, this isn't what we do. We wouldn't, why would we do that? No, we, we like, uh, they're like Spectre. No, we have plans and arrangements and extortion and, you know, chaos and all that kind of stuff. But we don't do this. This is, this is totally beneath us. What are you talking? I can't even believe you blamed us. It's kind of hilarious. It really is right out of a comedy, a black comedy movie. And the most important thing is today is that I just learned that they're bringing MSG back to Chinese restaurants that apparently years ago, there was a false story about MSG and how it made you feel and the fact that it was sleepy or all that kind of stuff. And it got a bad rap for years. And now people are like, wait a minute, it's an amazing flavor thing. And so now there are all these places going like, nah, I'm putting it back in. Everybody can go fuck themselves. My food's going to be unbelievable because MSG rules. And you remember, in one that Seinfeld episode, Kramer orders extra MSG, <laughs> which, of course, was hilarious at the time. But looks like he was right that MSG is back in flavor, not favor. That's the headline today. Exciting. I'm going to order now uh, extra MSG. And let's see if it really makes me fall asleep. Apparently, it was a false thing. I Well, I mean, I haven't fallen asleep eating Chinese food in years, so maybe it's a thing because they don't use it anymore. But let's see what happens, shall we? Now, I'm sure there are a lot of people that are, might be actually allergic to MSG now that we know stuff about gluten and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. But if it's for flavor, I'm all for flavor. That's my maiden name, all for flavor. That's why I always think Sylvester Stallone's ex-wife, Jennifer Flavin, sounds delicious. Hey-o! That's a stupid one. Let's, uh, that doesn't deserve a hey-o.
Well, I got to say, that's I'm telling you, that's all I got today. I'm sorry. It's a really short show. I didn't do anything this week except watch movies, which, of course, was kind of awesome. So tomorrow, tonight, or tomorrow, rather, I'm going to... Tomorrow I'm going to the shore, and I'm going to have dinner again. So I got to work from my mom's house. That's annoying. Then I don't. Then I think I'm doing something on. Oh, wait, oh, that's right, right. So oh, and Thursday's my last class. So there'll be plenty of stuff to discuss. Oh, and then how can I forget this? Next Friday, I'll probably record from my sister's house because I think I'm because of St. Patrick's Day, which can suck it. I have to go from class to stay at my sister's because I can't go into the city and leave when the parade is happening. So, oh my God. So I'll probably record at my sister's house. Then I have to go see, and it's all my fault. She is demanding, and it is her birthday, so I have no choice, that I go see her new junior high production of Peter Pan. Now the kids, my nephews and nieces are not in it, so I no longer have to do this anymore. She's like, you have to come see it. And I'm like, why? She goes, because you have to see the John scene. And I'm like, oh, my God. She's doing the SCTV bit that I always play for you guys, the one that you know my niece and I love, where Martin Short is playing David Steinberg, and he's talking about John. I played that for you multiple times, and it is funny. He goes, but to me, John. You'll be sorry, Captain Hook. Peter Pan will save us. Ooh, Peter Pan, Peter Pan. I'm tired of hearing about Peter Pan. Not only do I resent his ability to fly, but to me, John, I find his mirthful timelessness utterly obnoxious. Uh, Peter Pan is my hero. Booga booga! <laughs> so just to see that scene, and of course it is, she's like, I need somebody who's going to get it. I got to sit through this thing. I got to stay overnight. I mean, that is a disaster. However, oh, but, oh no, it'll be before I record. Oh, damn it. I'm sorry. So, well, look, there's a lot to look forward to <laughs> in the next two weeks of podcasting. Then I got to go see, oh, my God, my sister and Dory went to go see a play at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, as they call it. Bam! They were like, it's three hours and it sucks. And it's with, I think, Miss Maisel and some guy from Game of Thrones is why she bought the tickets for my brother-in-law. But he couldn't go, so she bought Dory, and they said, this place sucks, and I wanted to leave in intermission. I get a text from Sarah yesterday. Hey, do you want to see this play at BAM with me next week? And I'm like, no. <laughs> She's like, why? My sister says it sucks, it leaves my intermission. I'm like, well, my director from The Bedwetter is directing it, and I'm like, ah, crap. Obviously, I want to support her, so i'm in and it was on a friday and i'm free on fridays so you bring the right day and the right thing i'll take a xanax or a sleeping pill before i go to bed and make sure i can sit through this three hour nonsense that my sister's already told me sucks and she pretty much knows my what i like and don't like and even sarah's like oh i just saw it's three hours and i'm like well we got to support annie because we do like her you say hey gotta support your friends am i right am i right folks that's what you do that's what you do as a gentleman. As I don't mind telling you, that's what you do as a gentleman. You have to support the theater and you have to support your friends. It's most important that even if a play is in Brooklyn and a horrible point of Brooklyn and people that tell you that Brooklyn is really happening and it's a good place to be, they're obviously lying and they're stupid. But what are you going to do? These things happen every once in a while. The kind of law you'd like to practice takes money. See, I'm combining the movie and whatever I'm saying in this thing. 
uh, going out on my James Mason. But that's the show for this week, folks. This is Just Got the City. Don't forget, tonight, just a regular show, we'll have our uh, Oscar-winning picks. You know, like, we'll know who uh, won out of uh, uh, me and Scotty and Memo and Mike and Val and myself. We'll see who won. Uh, Billy Joel A to Z, I believe we have the tease wrap-up, part two. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, boy, that's a great way to get new listeners. Oi. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And next then we got the U's coming up. What? How many songs are in that? Two. Whatever. It's Billy Joel A to Z, folks. And this is Just Count the City. I'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. Keep your eyes.